Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee... uh, Make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared to him. In Genesis sixteen eleven. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man, and his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord, and spake unto her, Thou, God, seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? In Genesis 17, beginning with verse 16, And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall, be, shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would continue to bless our nation. I pray that you'd help us to continue to lift up the flag which stands for our freedom. Lord, I thank you for having been born in America. And Lord, I do pray for our president today. Lord, I pray that each of us as Christians would pray for him, pray for his guidance, pray for his leadership, pray for his protection. Lord, we do pray for our nation and all those who are in the military who are serving in our great nation, protecting us. Thank you, God. Praise your holy name for our freedom. And Lord, as I look, we look into your word today, God, I pray that you speak to our hearts of what we as citizens need to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the idea of freedom began in the hearts of our forefathers as they sought a new land, a new country where they could be blessed of God and where they could worship a true and living God. And John 8, 32 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's what they sought after. And it was planted in the the, seed of freedom in the hearts of our forefathers as they sought a new land 
and it's been going on ever since. They left their homeland and they sailed to a world that they didn't know what it would be like, but they knew they were seeking liberty, and above all, they knew they had God on their side and that they were on God's side and that he would bless them. One document such as the Mayflower Compact, they declared freedom based on the teachings of Jesus and the Holy Word of God. It was to be a government. The Bible, the, the, the thing says it was to be a government of the people and by the people and for the people. And that is through the power of God. God has promised to bless us as a nation. As he told Abraham, I will bless thee. And as he blessed Isaac and made a covenant there with Isaac. On July the 4th, 239 years ago, the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia rang out the news of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. We've adopted that Liberty Bell. We've adopted the great flag. We've adopted Paul Revere's Midnight Ride, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, the planting of Old Glory on Iwo Jima, and the Statue of Liberty, and all who wear the uniforms in our military as symbols of freedom. We need to honor these. We need to respect these. And when I see people that won't remove their cap when old glory is presented, it makes me want to take them and send them somewhere that they'll never, ever know what freedom is all about. It's important that we praise God for those who are guarding our nation, who are guarding our communities. When old glory is raised, we need to rise. It gives me cold chills when I think about all those. We think about the Statue of Liberty and recently with uh, the last youth trip when we went to New York, we had the privilege of going through that harbor and seeing uh, the Statue of Liberty, which was a gift from France. Stands proudly in our eastern gateway to the United States of America to receive visitors, merchants, refugees, from distant lands. Our soldiers, I've been told, returning home from war. It is a glorious sight when they round the corner and they see the Statue of Liberty. She has unfailingly welcomed to our shores the downcast, the outcast, the poor, the needy, the sick, the homeless, the helpless, and given them a new beginning. Why does everybody want to get to America? You and I know. You and I, those of us who have been over abroad and seen how the rest of the world lives, we know why they want to come to America. We know why so many people are, are slipping in and trying to make something and what she stands for. But America will be no stronger than we as God's children as we pray. It'll be no stronger as we pray and lift up our president. It doesn't matter to me whether you're a Trump fan or not. Let me tell you something. He's our president. And I think he's doing a great job, and we need to pray for him and pray for him daily that he will be protected. If you don't like what he's doing, tell God about it. I've often told folks, if you don't like your preacher, if you don't like what he, you don't like what he preaches, and like he preaches, tell God about it. And when I think of all these things that's going on in our land and our country, if Lady Liberty was a real lady, I think she would be shedding tears over America. I want to first of all look at and think about the offspring of Ishmael. There are multiplied millions of Arabs who populate our planet, primarily 
sprang from the loins of Ishmael. Ishmael was a son of Abraham and Sarah who disobeyed God, who didn't have patience to wait on God. So Sarah says to Abraham, this maiden, go make us a baby. I can't have one. Maybe you can with her. That wasn't pleasing to God. It's still not pleasing to God when we get out of line. When we look at the scripture in Genesis 12, we see the divine call. It says, now the Lord said unto Abram, get out of your country. Get away from your kinfolk into a land in which I will show you. And Abraham, if you'll do that, I will bless you. And I'll bless people who follow your That's all the way down to us today. God's promise to bless us if we honor him and honor his word and honor his house. But why don't we do it? We see a doubtless compromise in, in chapter um, 16, verse 12. And he will be a wild man, Ishmael. He'll be against every man and every man against him. And ever since, you know, ever since Isaac was born and, and this other rascal. <laughs> hey, it's been war ever since. And it's going to continue to be war until Jesus comes. But it's important, folks, listen, it's important that we stand on the Word of God, that we are faithful to God, that we're faithful to His house, and we tell others about Jesus, and in much longer. When I think about all the things that, that has gone on just in my short lifetime, you see, uh, listen, we're so determined, if we're so determined to go our own separate ways, God will let us. He'll let us, just like Abraham. Hey, he was the man of God. He was over his household. And when Sarah told him just to go ahead and have sex, get you a baby, he should have stood up and said, I shall not do it. I will wait on the Lord. We don't want to wait on God. We don't have the patience to wait on God. We want to rush through things. Well, the Bible says we'll reap what we sow. And Abraham, after this child was born, begged God, will you please... Please bless Ishmael. But we see in the scripture there, he didn't say he would. He said, I heard what you said. God hears what you and I say. He's going to do what he wants to do. He's going to do what's right. In spite of where you and I might stand today or what we want to do today. We see a devilish child as we look at chapter 16, verses, uh, verse 11 and 12. There it says, and the angel of the Lord said unto him, Behold, thou art with child." told the handmaiden, you're with child. You're going to have a baby. He's going to be a wild man. He's going to be against every man, and every man's going to be against him. How would you ladies like it if God spoke to you and said, this baby you're going to have is going to be a wild child? There ain't a whole lot you can do to change it. He's going to be a wild child. Well, you know, it's frightening today when I, when I hear of, of ladies, it's, it's pregnant, and, and already there's complications. It's frightening. It's frightening. Well, listen, let me tell you something. Ishmael, um, then and now, is, is a constant source of conflict in our world. and our entire world, there's terrorists everywhere, on every shore. Terrorists. You know, God, we're not safe right here. We're not safe in restaurants. We're not safe in places where we shop. We're not even safe in our own house. Because of the sin of Abraham, America is like a ship without a rudder, without a sail. Just drifting. 
I asked the question, where in the world did we go wrong? How did we get so far from the pattern? And today, when I think of the pattern that the Lord Jesus set before us, we've gotten so far from that pattern because the devil's happy about it. And he rewards getting further away from the pattern. But the Bible says sin is only pleasurable for a season. It's going to come to a halt, y'all. It's going to come to an end. And we're going to answer for the way we have led our families, for the way we've led our homes, for the way we've led our churches, and for the way we're trying to help lead our nation. We believe in the existence of God, but then the way we act, we don't really believe He exists. We believe the Bible is true, but what we don't believe is really, does it mean what it says? I've heard people say, well, it don't really mean what it says. Well, why did he say it if he didn't mean it? I believe in the Holy Word of God. I stand on the Holy Word of God. Because the Holy Word of God is what got me to the point that I got saved. Without the Word, without the Lord Jesus, we are not going to be saved. We believe it's the breath of God. But we really don't believe he'll speak to us. According to the American Bible Society, I want you to listen to these numbers. Most Americans have four Bibles in their household. Well, we got more than four. Fifty-seven percent read the Bible four times a year. Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, and during a death or a crisis. Fifty-seven percent read the Bible four times a year. Twenty-five percent read it regularly. That means every day. I don't know how many of you heard... Dr. Charles Stanley this morning, but the question was, do you not have five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes every day to read God's Word? Just a few minutes. He didn't say memorize, but read it. Many who come to God's house do not bring the Bible anymore. But a while ago, as we were pausing between Scripture readings, it was music to your pastor's ear when I heard pages rustling. That's why I waited till I could hear no pages rattling. Our nation is like, a, like the Titanic. We've already hit the iceberg. We're close to going down. If the Lord don't soon come and our nation don't turn around, we may be the under the authority of some other nation. I've had the privilege of being in Cameroon, Africa. Lynn and I have had the privilege of being in Tanzania, Africa. And there are a lot of ne- other, there are other nations that's controlling them. I see the scene there in Cameroon where the 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 were came in was coming in and going through their uh, cutting down trees like there were going to be no more trees. I saw an eighteen wheeler only had three trees on it. They were so big and the truck was way loaded down. And they were just destroying the rainforest as they went through. Animals looking for somewhere to go. People there. We went to a camp where these band of people live, and they live off the land. And when the land is exhausted, they leave everything behind, and they go somewhere else. But that being destroyed because of foreigners. When I think about all this, I think about the destiny child. Chapter 17, verse 16, And I will bless her, give thee, give her a, a son. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of nations, and people shall... Fear the Lord and, and bless her. I was talking about the birth of, of Isaac, a destiny child. It was promised in a time when, when man could not take credit. God blessed Abraham with a son at 100 years old. And 
Sarah was 90. I mean, the oldest one of you ladies in here right now, what if you woke up in the morning, felt something in your tummy, and it wasn't cabbage, and you felt a heartbeat? Can you imagine telling, hey, guess what? You're kidding. Can't be. Let me tell you something. I don't know what Abraham might have said. Well, the one thing, he laughed. He couldn't think, hey, are you sure, God? You see, listen to me. God through y'all he will come through he is the authority jesus will come back he is coming back i've heard it all my and he ain't come yet but he is coming i don't doubt that one bit i'm ready i'm prepared for that day i can't imagine what it's going to be like or what i'll be doing whatever i'm doing i hope i'm doing it to glorify the lord when I stand before him, I'm going to surely give account of everything I've ever done, whether it be good or bad. So Isaac and Ishmael, descendants, have been fighting ever since. Today, listen to this. You're not, some of you are not going to like this probably, but just enjoy it. The majority of the terrorists in our world, they hate Christianity. And it's a fact that Mohammed came up with the God called Allah. It is said that Mohammed entered a, entered a cave and Satan appeared unto him and gave him the Koran. Accepted or not accepted. Today, all those who follow Mohammed and or Allah are destined for the fires of hell. They are on a demon-possessed suicide mission which can only lead straight to hell. When the towers were bombed, our oldest son says, Daddy, what could you say to me, encourage me to take my own life and the lives of others and that I would go to heaven and have seven virgins? What could you say to me? I, I don't understand it, but hey, it is what it is. So comes the religion called Islam. Not only this morning, as we think about the offspring of Ishmael, but we see the children of Jezebel. Jezebel and, and Ahab. We see a pouting husband. Oh, Ahab, he wanted Naboth's vineyard. So he goes whining to his wife. She said, honey, don't you fret. I will get that vineyard. A pouting husband. When I, look, when I think about that pouting husband, you know what I think about? A plotting heifer. I'll see to it you get what you want, darling. Don't you fret. I also see the prophet's herald. Listen. Elijah speaks to Ahab. And he said, son, you better wake up and you better listen because the dogs are going to lick up your blood. Then we see the prostitute's heritage. Dogs, the Bible says, will eat up Jezebel. The spirit of Jezebel has swept across our nation like cheap perfume. Our nation is about moral-less. Moral-less. Anything goes, just do it. Who cares anyway? I want to live my life. I want to live it like I want to live it. I want to go where I want to go and do what I want to do and say what I want to say. Our young people are smoking, I have heard, as early as the fourth grade. They're drinking. They're doing drugs. They're experimenting with sex. And I've never in all of my Christian life heard of so many men that is trying to have sex with a baby. If you, I mean, it's sick. Forever, man, God created a woman messing with a child. 
You may not like this, but I'll tell you what's the truth. If I was a judge and a man came up before me who had tried to have sex with a baby, I'd fix him where he'd have to sit down to use the bathroom. I mean, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's everywhere you hear about it. It's sickening. Our babies are getting pregnant, having abortions, most of the time encouraged by the mother. If they go on and have babies, sad to say, their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents are raising the babies while they go on with their partying. Again, I'd fix them. I'd fix them where they'd be miserable the rest of their life. Let me give you a last point this morning. Spoiled brats of Laodicea. Jesus said, you ain't hot. You ain't cold. You lukewarm. And I want to spew you out of my where are we this morning? Are we hot for Jesus? Are we cold for Jesus? Are we just sort of, well, it's, uh, I guess it'll be all right. Uh, everybody else is doing it. I hate to de- deprive my daughter of, of this and that. Now, girls, I want to tell you something. You can take this any way you want it. God blessed me with boys and land and bought with boys, not girls. Hallelujah. But if I was a daddy, I'm going to tell you something. My daughter would not leave the house where the panties showing. Hello? My goodness. They do make long skirts today. It's, a, it's amazing how we, I don't say y'all, how we adver, advertise. Well, say God created it. Yes, he did. He created it for an enjoyment between a husband and a wife and not somebody else's wife or not with somebody else's daughter. Lord, I, I just pray God would help us. Lots of more, more folks have stood idly by and allowed prayer to be hampered in our schools. We've watched the Ten Commandments be thrown into the latrine. We're told that we can't pray. We're told where we can pray or what to pray and who to pray to. We've told where we can display our Christian literature. And I'm thankful for our sheriff, Mike. I'm thankful for him and all that serve under him. And I may break a law, but I won't say it just like this. I don't care if I'm standing on the Word of God and I want to pray, I'm going to pray. And I pray out loud the Word of God. And nobody is going to stop me unless they arrest me and cut out my tongue. But they better cut the left hand off too, because if I can't speak, then I'll write it down. There's some things in this, this cotton-picking world I don't like. I don't like it at all. And I don't like it when people don't back our men in blue and ladies in blue. Hey, I support them. I help them with what's been going on in our community. The, <laughs> I can't tell you the name, but the word was, you better get to my daddy before he gets to them. Well, thank goodness I was out of town. Our son was out of town and our daughter-in-law was out of town. Or there could have been something bad went on. What can we do, y'all? God's our heavenly father. But he's been since we've changed administrations. I feel like and I hope that God is coming back to the White House. I hope that God will be in the schoolhouse. I do know that through the Good News Club, Jesus is in the Orchard Park. I thank God for the, for the principal, Josh. You need to pray for him as he leads Orchard Park through. He was thrilled when he heard, hey, First Baptist is going to come back in our school. He was thrilled when he heard First Baptist is going to allow us to have our graduation at their church. Hey, that's power. That's prayer. And that's God. I want him back in our White House. I want him back in our church house. 
I want him in our schoolhouse. And I want him in our houses. It ought to be evident when we walk into a house that Jesus is present. Well, there is power in prayer, and that's what we can do. We need to run the race that's been set before us. We need to abandon wickedness. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit of God before it's everlasting too late. It's only a true and living God that'll get us through what we're in. Only a true and living God. Where do you stand this morning? Where do I stand this morning? Do we stand on the Word? Are we ashamed of the Word of God? Are we afraid to pray? Hey, matter to me, I, I mean, I appreciate the opportunity that God gives me. In a grocery store, see somebody say, hey, Kenny, I wish you'd pray about something. What is it? Let's pray right now. I don't want to forget about it. Let's pray right now. Walmart, let's pray right now. Wash, let's pray right now. Even going out the door here on some Sunday, somebody will tell me something. I'll say, let's pray right now. Hey, if you can't wait, we got exit doors galore in this building now. I challenge you, let's obey the Lord. Let's do what He wants. We've celebrated our nation's birthday again. She is a great nation. She's got good leaders. Pray for our military. Pray for our law enforcement. As I've told you before, when I hear an ambulance, when I hear a siren in my heart, I may not get on my knees. I may not bow my head. I may not close my eyes. But I'm saying, Lord, be with that driver. Be with whoever's on that ambulance. Be with, be within that cop car. Whoever's riding in that, who's driving, protect them. Protect who they're going to protect. Be there for them who's hurting. Be there with the one that's going to administer help. Be there for them. It don't hurt. How long does it take, preacher? Ten seconds, maybe 15. Out of your schedule to pray. I'm going to tell you something. That is the answer to everything going and coming today outside of God the Father and Jesus the Son. It's prayer. I got a tie tack. It's a, a, a pale pen says push. Push. Pray until something happens. Don't give up. Prayer is our link to heaven. Prayer is our communication with God the Father. Pray for one another. Pray for each other. Pray for the lost to be saved. Be about the Father's business. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for the, the, the service today. God, I thank you for your holy word. God, I thank you for making your presence known in this place. And Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. I pray that... We would have boldness and courage to do anything you ask us to do, no matter what it is. And then we don't go and ask somebody for a second opinion. God, if you said it, it needs to be done. If you're doing it, we need to do it. God, if you've done it for Abraham, you can do it for us. And I pray that you'd help us to be bold enough to speak your holy word and not be ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power whereby people can be saved. Lives can be changed. Lord, I pray for this invitation time that someone... Whoever, you know who it is that needs to come and get saved or needs to come and, and ask forgiveness of sin and get back on the right track. Lord, you know who they are. You know who we are, Lord. And I pray that you'd bless as only you can in Jesus' name. Amen.